Greetings, listener. Please enjoy the unintelligible ramblings of your favorite dynamic trio, Arva, Farah, and Westy, as they discuss the state of gaming. Welcome to The Unintelligibles. Hey, hey everyone, welcome in to this episode of The Unintelligibles. I'm Arva the host this week, and I'm joined here by two lovely co-hosts, Westy and Farah. Hello. Hi. And today we're going to be doing a little bit of a different topic. We're going to do more of a discussion today. Um, we're going to start off with a bit of a, an opinion-based thing, just like we're going to talk about our, our favorite genre of video games and our favorite game from that genre. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about it and why we love it and why we like that genre. And then we're going to talk about the current state of gaming. And we're going to try maybe, you don't have to, but I'm going to try and link where I think gaming differs from like the game that I enjoy so much and what they could do to improve on modern games. Okay. You don't okay. have to do that. You don't have to like link your game to like, oh, well, this game's good because it has this point and this point, and new games don't have this. But if you feel like it, you can because I know my game is not the most recent title. <laughs> well, do you want us to do like a kind of game that we look back on and like this was our favorite then, but now this is one of our favorites now? Or is it like one for genre or mm. like one that we always go back to? Ooh. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe one that I'll, you always go back to. Ooh, okay. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's a little bit better then. I think that's a bit better. I have to think now. I think I have mine. I think I have mine too, just because I hope I you have, have yours, you're the host. Dirty little <laughs> well, there's a lot of games that I like, so I was trying to narrow it down to like one that I'm like, this is the one. Um and honestly, <laughs> So I was a dirty little, my favorite genre is racing games. I'm a little dirty racing game uh, enjoyer. Disgusting. I've always played it. Right? It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> so as a kid, I always played racing games. Um, and I was very sheltered, never really ventured outside of that uh, genre. But my favorite is Midnight Club Los Angeles because it was a title by Rockstar Games that wasn't GTA, but got canceled because of gta because yeah, baby. gta has cars and does more <laughs> rest Sad. in peace uh red dead redemption 2 online well right gta the golden child for real but this game was everything i wanted from a racing game street racing modification cops um good music because rockstar's always got good music um but this game oh my god i think it came out in like Oh my god, please don't tell me it came out when I think it did. Please. I don't want to, like, date myself. Um, please say 2011. Oh my god, 2008. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, so this game came out in 2008, so she's a bit of an oldie. That's so much... Oh! I thought it was 2011. That hurts. That hurts a lot. Um... Yeah, something about it. It wasn't even like the best racing game. It didn't have any like it wasn't like a perfect racing game. It didn't have great physics. Um, the AI was annoying. The car list was small. 
the city was nice, but I don't know. There's something it's got that like hook that early games kind of had around that era. Um, that really keeps me going back, even with like modern game titles, because all modern game titles now have some sort of fucking um purchase inside battle pass uh loot boxes something i sound like such a boomer saying this but fuck <laughs> i'm mm. sick of that shit yeah all my fucking racing games now are just like working through the week to get my battle pass unlocks and i'm like i don't want to do this <laughs> i don't want to do this why um and yeah that's my current gripe with the new gaming my economy is video games are so half ass now i talk about this on my stream so much i'm so passionate about this topic that's why i wanted to talk about this um video games just don't have much passion anymore besides indie games which is why i play so many indie games or try to because modern titles really just miss <laughs> they just miss a lot unless they're a remaster or remake which has been a very common trend that people have been doing because it works for the most part or for the most part <laughs> Resident Evil 4 has been good Dead Space was good uh, but then there's Kalista Protocol which was shit <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know it's just it's very hit or miss now with games where like back back around yeah 2008 or before that kind of time when those games were coming out most games that came out were like a hit most there's definitely their fair share of misses too back then but like a lot of the games that came out were pretty fucking solid and people enjoyed and either went down as like one of the best of its category or its time or was highly regarded. And now video games now are so fucking forgettable. <laughs> Unless it's an indie game or a triple A title that just really gets it right. They're either going to be released half released, which means they'll have DLC later updates later, free DLC, um, purchasable content not yeah not free dlc which is the worst with stuff that should have came with the game um or it doesn't run dead space broke 10 minutes into playing it the new one which was great i had to refund it <laughs> um or they're just too expensive for what you get the fact that the base price of video games now is like for me at least canadian with taxes a new game costs like resident evil was 90 dollars it's yeah. $90 to buy a new video game. And if that game isn't good, then I've just wasted $90. Even if it's like a good, decent game, that's still worth to me about like 60 bucks or under, not 90. That's too damn much to gamble on a game that you don't know if you're going to like or not. Now, I'm hypocritical because I pre-ordered Resident Evil 4, but... <laughs> Thanks. Resident Evil titles, especially the modern ones, are actually pretty damn good. So I had I had a lot of faith in that. Other titles, not so much. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm just sick of video games being very passionless. Like a lot of the games, you can tell are just a quick crash cash grab with pretty graphics to get everyone playing it, and then it like falls off a month after releasing where some of the older games are still played to this day and emulated and torrented legally wink wonk in Minecraft. Um, because people love them and adore them. And they're like a game from fucking 2008. <laughs> people are like, I want it. Give it to me. Yeah, that's very true. 
And like, I don't think that's going to happen for a lot of modern day games. That's one of the big things that I've noticed changing in games is the the monetization and the lack of like passion that's been switched over to like just money making. I know you have to make money with games, but you can make a game that you enjoy and the, the audience can tell that you enjoyed making. Yeah, look at um, it's not mine, but The Long Dark is actually a good example or Loop Hero. Mm. Oh yeah, both those are really good. They were made just because like someone said, "Hey, this is gonna be fun," and they're two very different games, but they have like very passionate communities that just love the game. Yeah, it's I possible. Love the Long Dark. It's very. It good. is. It is. I have some faith. There's been there's been some good games that have come out recently from either uh, indie companies or, like I said, some some AAA titles managed to knock a, a good game out of the park. I guess you feeling like the old games do. Right. Mm. Okay. Sarah, do you have yours? Um, yeah, I think so. Because I'm still a little split. Split the movie? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Take it away, M. Night. Take it away. Um, yeah, so my favorite game, uh, it's not really, like, a secret. I I have played it on stream, like, <sighs> three times and i have a tattoo uh, my favorite game is journey i love um adventure exploration games i also love um story driven rpgs so like close runner-up uh persona 5 i love that game a lot uh... i have never played a persona game ever I highly recommend them. They're mm -hmm. very good. They are time sync though. Like, wow. They're, they're just, so long. They're very long. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I I uh, value story a lot, which is quite the change because back in the day, the only thing I knew about games was from my older brothers and they liked to play Modern Warfare and Call of Duty. <laughs> and those are the games that they played. So those are the games that I played when I got a Xbox. Which is not my first console. My first console was um, a GameCube, but they kind of hogged it. But I finally got my first got own old. console that wasn't shared. Mm. And that was an Xbox 360. And I uh, played the fuck out of so many Call of Duty games. And then now, like, you'd have to pay me to play a Call of Duty game, I think. <laughs> I would play right? some of the classics, but the new ones, man, they don't make them like they used to. The campaigns are so short. There was They've released a Call of Duty game that didn't even have a campaign in it. It was just multiplayer, uh. which I think is baloney. Plus, like, I agree with your point about all of the extra paid content. Games like that, like Call of Duty or any kind of game that's, like, got maps in it, like co-op, or uh, online multiplayer maps, you can buy extra maps, always. Every single game ever that has uh, maps on it, you can always buy extra maps. And that they're expensive. At the very least, yeah. it's nice when companies like um, Mario Kart, for example, if one person has the DLC, 
then everybody gets to play it. But there are companies where <laughs> Call of Duty, uh, everybody has to have that map, otherwise you can't play it. Which I think is baloney. But anyways, yeah. Um, I know that a lot of people don't like games like Journey. Uh, I think you like. I think I was talking to Lucia, and he said that he didn't really like it. Like he didn't really see the point. And it's fair because I mean, games like that are pretty much. Uh, they're called walking simulators, essentially. Games like um, what's that game? Something something Edith Finch. The uh, disappearing of Edith Finch. Yeah. yeah. I love games like that. I love them so much. I love really strong narrative games <clears throat> that you you walk around and it tells a story. Uh, there's a lot of people that hate those kinds of games. They think they're super boring, which I totally understand. Uh, if you want to play action games, then fair enough. But I love those kinds of games. And... Those kinds of games, I never see them get made by AAA companies. They're always indie games. Always. Yeah. Can I point you to Death Stranding? That's fair. Oh, but there's still action in that game. You still fight shit in that game. Not very much. You have to fight the goop. Not very much. On it. Only if you... I mean, true. But only if you decide to go kill somebody. If you just walking simulator it, you don't have to fight. Case in point, well, you, there is a boss fight that you have to do. Well, that just shows you that piss grenades work if you get in trouble again. <laughs> piss grenades. Uh, uh, which case in point, by the way, because um, Hideo Kojima was like, oh yeah, dress Death Stranding. And everyone was like, whoa, Death Stranding, what's it going to be about? Like, he didn't really tell us what it was going to be. And then it came out and it was essentially that, a walking sim. And people hated it. People fucking yeah. hated that game. Because there was no action, and that's what people want. They want, like, they're thinking, like, Silent Hill, which is still a very story-driven game, but it has a lot more, you know, shooting, puzzles, that kind of thing, which mm -hmm. there is not a lot of that at all in Death Stranding. Death Stranding, I have, and I do plan on playing it because I think that it would be a fun game to play. But mm -hmm. I know very well that people really did not <laughs> like that game, and they were disappointed with it. I enjoyed it. So I think I have it sitting... Oh, no, I think I downloaded it. I was checking my games real quick. I got it for free on, <laughs> on EA. Oh, shit. Really? Oh. Yeah, not, it's not there anymore, so don't. Yeah, no, I didn't think I so. I remember when it was free. Oh, yeah, I got it for free, too, on here. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard very mixed things about that game. I want to try it, though. I would be interested in that, because I love story-based games. Yeah, I love them a lot. I just, I think it goes to show that I mean, there's just such a wide, um, what is it? Girth? Not girth. Girth. <laughs> wide girth. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I don't know. You found girth, though. Um, wide. It's something earth. earth. Wide. Uh-huh. I'm, like, trying to Wide horizon? It. No. I earth? <laughs> I have to find. B-R-D-T-H? It is Wide birth? You get something a wide birth? I think it's a wide birth. Yeah, B E R D T H. A lot a large space. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's what is birth. Okay, it just sounded weird when I said it. I'm sorry, girth was better. <laughs> oh, Make sure to take I the knew girth. girth was not right. <laughs> you heard it here, everyone. 
Ferris says wide, take the girth. Uh, there's a wide girth of games out there. <laughs> yeah, games have a girth. How good no, girthy no, games. And I've heard people uh people are very uh gamers are very passionate about their games and they will shit on other people's favorite games oh. all the mm -hmm. time. And dude, like one game does not suit everybody. Like I do not like uh rogue like games very much at all. Mm. That's a very popular genre. People love roguelikes. I would not go into somebody's stream or tell one of my friends that uh a roguelike that they were playing is shit because I hate roguelikes. It doesn't make any sense. So, uh yeah, gamers don't shit on other people's favorite games. Um <laughs> and you know what? Right. Even even if it, it was rated poorly, or if you don't really like the story yourself, it still could very well be somebody's favorite game. That is very true. There yeah. was a example. I was watching somebody play Dark Souls 2, and 2, I feel like it's an okay <laughs> game. It's not a good Souls game, though. I feel once you yeah. attach like Dark Souls to the title, you have to have the staples of Dark Souls in there, and 2 didn't have that. But this was like their absolute favorite game. And then whenever I was like, this one's just not a good game, I was like, that's not true. And they were freaking out. It's like, it's it's a good game. It's just not a good Souls game for this yeah. series. If this had a different name, if this was a totally different fantasy setting and it did its own thing, people probably would have liked it. But because it was Dark Souls and it was Dark Souls 2 and you kind of took away everything that people liked from the first game, it just didn't hit what people were coming to play for. And they got rid of all that for 3. Everyone loved 3. Yeah. But there's still that dedicated fan base to 2, and it's just like, yo, it's, a, it's an okay game. It's a good game. I'm, I'm going to give you that. But for the series, it doesn't really fit. Mm -hmm. That's what I've heard. I haven't played it yet, and I'm debating on playing it but here's I know no the opinion's very divided on that game people either fucking hate it or they love it here's the thing we're gonna go on a dark souls tangent here. here's the thing mm. do you, if you like the first dark souls have, have you ever played three i played three first and i played first the second <laughs> okay that works that honestly works two you're in a totally different area you're not even in the same area where one and two take place you time travel oh. You, oh. you have adaptability that's low, and that is your invulnerability window, so you have less invulnerability rolls, and you drink your Estus slower until you oh. dedicate 10 levels to bring that up. Then oh you're God. on par with where you are in one. So until you do 10 levels into that, you can't even dodge roll like you can in one or three, and that's what makes it frustrating. So oh, once your 10 levels are done... Then you can start building any other thing you want. But that first 10 is going straight into that. Just so you can survive. Right. Otherwise, That's crazy. you drink your Estus flask at one-fourth the speed. Damn. Wow. Yeah, and that's I, not, I played like uh, one-tenth of one, so I don't know very much about... You know that when you had to heal and you drank the flask? Imagine yeah. doing that for about five seconds to heal. Oh my god, it's already unbearable in the current games. Yeah, it goes even slower in two until you level up. 
and then the enemies because normally it's like you just farm an area for a bit if you kill an enemy 15 times it no longer spawns anymore so you can't even farm an area what the hell like the whole point yeah each enemy can only respawn 15 times that's why i said if that wasn't dark souls people would have given it a much fairer chance but because it was like a different game it feels like a totally different game but because it is dark souls the only thing they kept was the weapon arts for three and then moved into yes. Elden Ring with that. That's the only thing that came yeah. out of two. Because of that, that game is not a good Souls game. I'm not, mm-hmm. I will never say it's a bad game because there's people that love that game. I played it probably New Game Plus Five. I didn't wow. really enjoy it though. That's the problem. I was doing it more because I was like, this is part of the Souls series. I have to like, no, I don't have to like it. You don't have you don't have to like something is what I've kind of grew to realize. But that was like three people's absolute favorite. And I, I also feel like um game companies do that. Not even just game companies, just in general companies want to make something new, but they they just like slap the name of something that's well known and popular on it. I'm trying to think of another example because I know there's lots. Oh. Where they're, it's just like it's not the same game, but they're like, oh yeah, it's it's technical. They oh, or like, you know, there's like a bajillion spinoffs of like, fucking Resident Evil, for example. Yeah, so that's many, true. so many, and it's like they didn't need to be there, but they want to milk the franchise, you know? The Devil May Cry beat 'em up knockoffs. Yeah, there's and it's a lot like, of those. it's like. You can make those, like, um, Persona does this too. Atlas is so bad for this, where they really milk Persona, especially Persona 5 is bad for it. So they made Persona 5 and Royal, which is normal. Um, They're both very similar to one another. Royal is just kind of like extra content, longer story, new characters. But then they made uh, Q2, which is essentially a dungeon crawler using characters from... Three, four, and five. Then they made a uh, like Arena Max or something like that, which is a arena or like a a Tenkin fighting style game. They also made Dancing uh, in the Starlight, I think is what it's called, which is a dancing game with the characters. And then recently they just announced that they're making a mobile gotcha game uh. with the same characters. And it's like, just make a different game. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> We don't want to. It's because they know people will pay for it. Yeah. Same thing with the... uh, So, this annoys me so much that they did this. So, uh, originally, uh, this Persona 5 and Royal were only on PlayStation. They were PlayStation exclusives for a very long time. Persona 5 Royal came out a few years ago. Maybe, like, four or five now. I think four. Maybe three? I don't know. Man, it's been it's just been a few years. It so came they, out and before. They, it came out before. They have the pre-order pack, whatever. Every game does that where you pre-order the game and you get like extra bonus stuff and like a special box or whatever. Um, and then they were like, oh, we're porting the game to Xbox, NPC, and Switch. Uh, so order your pre-order package. Bitch, the game came out three years ago. What do you mean a pre-order package? And it was like a hundred dollars ah the skyrim treatment gotcha 
It's Holy. like this game has already been out. What do you mean a pre-order package? And yes, I did buy it. <laughs> not <laughs> not at release though. I waited. It was like months later and they had free worldwide shipping and I was like, okay, now I'll buy it. Everybody who bought it at release, you're a bunch of suckers because the <laughs> shipping was like $30. Jesus so, Christ. Uh, but honestly, I and I also have to say that the pre-order packages, because I have the pre-order pack for five Royal and the one more time, which was this one, the most recent one, uh, they have gone down in quality every time they, oh. they release a game. Like the newest one has to be the worst one for sure. It's mostly like cardboard paper items um which is really disappointing because you pay a lot for those and i'm glad that they do at least tell you what's in them it's different with like loot boxes where they don't tell you what's in them so you're more likely to be disappointed but some of these pre-order packages man they like are not worth the cost i feel yeah that. I think There's some that are true. really good, like Like a Dragon's pre-order pack was super good. Like you got a full ass leather jacket and everything in that one. The last one but I did was Darksiders 2, and I got like a death mask replica, which is still sitting over there. Pretty cool. I don't think I've ever done that. Maybe if a, a racing games comes out that comes out with like a little pack, I'll get it, but I've only done it with Persona. I was tempted. Oh, I was I was going to pre-order RE4, and I didn't. And I haven't even bought the game because it's just $90. It's like, so expensive. It's oh, so... Yeah. And I remember... So our games are always more expensive than what they are in the U.S. Yes. It used to be that games in the U.S. were 50 and they were 60 here. Then it was 70 80 and now it's 80 90 So always yeah. $10 more expensive here. Soon enough, I can guarantee you it's going to be ninety, a hundred, and we're going to be paying a hundred dollars for new AAA titles, and that's insane. That's yeah. crazy. I know games are bigger and have more content, and but like, um, I don't want to be that guy. Our <laughs> games are still sixty here, actually. I know what? the they are. Yeah, Nintendo games. They never go on sale either. Nintendo, so. put your games on sale, damn it. I literally right. was trying to buy games when the 3DS shop was closing, and they're still full price. You're closing no the store. Way. Give me a discount, bro. That's why I didn't even bother. I was like, I'm not even going to check it because it's I not I only bought it. Tamadachi Life because that's the only game really that I care about that never got ported. Yeah. <gasps> Speaking of, one quick thing, one more thing. Uh, reminds me of when you're talking about... Uh re-releasing a game on a different platform and expecting people to buy all this shit for it again it's like monster hunter rise i got into that game when it came out on pc uh but then found out quickly after that wasn't i don't think it was mentioned before because all my friends were like oh let's play together but they had it on switch or different platforms and it came out no cross-platform because these greedy little bitches want people to buy it on the other platforms again I so they can play with their shit, friends bro. so they yeah. can get more money. So either I bought it on the Switch or my friend brought it on PC and neither of us did either because one, we have a bunch of hours in our platforms and two, it's a lot of money to spend on a game that you already own and have invested time into. It's I hate when they do that. Game Ugh. companies, I know, I remember, I was there when, when cross-platform became a thing. It was like brand spanking new, and nobody was doing it because nobody knew how the fuck to do it. Now, 
Everybody does it. Even indie companies do it because it's so gosh darn easy. If you don't put cross-platform in your game, you are <laughs> intentionally doing that so that people will buy it, buy it on multiple platforms. Yeah. It is so easy to add cross-platform to a game. It, it is 2023. Cross-platform should uh, be included in every game that comes out on multiple consoles. I will say that there are certain games or companies that don't do it because the console players always complain that PC has an edge. Oh, yeah, right. It's for competitive games, it's definitely a valid argument. Not but really. For games like for games like Monster Hunter Rise or like Battle Block Theater, like games where you're just having fun. It doesn't make any sense. Also, I will say that it it's so funny because now that you mentioned that, Fortnite used to be console players complained about PC players because PC players had easier times getting headshots and stuff because they're using mouse and keyboard and mm -hmm. console players had to use a joystick, which is infinitely slower. Mm -hmm. And so Fortnite's response to that was to add uh, aim assist to console players. And now PC players are complaining about console players because the aim assist makes it so much easier for console players to get headshots that whereas PC players have to manually do it. That's what I was going to say, because it's the same thing with Apex Legends. I love Apex Legends. I have so much fun playing that game. I don't know what it is, but you can tell who's like has a mouse and keyboard and who has a controller <laughs> yeah. because all you have to do on a controller is if you just tap the aim button and it doesn't like go after him, you tap it again, it just snaps to the head or the torso instantly. And so you see somebody just constantly like scope up, scope down, scope up, scope down over and over. It's because it's just realigning their aim for them. Right. So there is something with that. I think if it's going to be competitive, like if it's a casual game, leave it in there. It's casual. I think for mm -hmm. anything ranked, that should be automatically disabled. Yeah, and they do do that. Yeah. They do that in Fortnite where you play ranked. You can play ranked based on console, which I think is a smart idea because mm -hmm. it's it's not a fair advantage. You it could really argue isn't. both ways. You know, one is yeah, better, right? easier than the other. So it's like just put people on the same console together, and it just negates all of that. Yeah. yeah, that's why I say casual. It's casual. You're not there for like a rank. Just play, have fun. If you lose to that, go to ranked, where you're gonna be matched up with people who can't do it. If it was in there, yeah, that would be preferable. I would say the last thing that I would note of, I talked about this on stream. I think literally a couple of days ago how it used to be that when you got a game it was the game that was it that's all you're getting because there was no digital download it was like you got a disc and that was the full game and sometimes they needed to patch the game so they'd have to give you a whole new disc and now we have digital downloads which is great for stuff like fixing bugs and patches and that kind of thing. Uh, it's not so great, though, when companies have a release date and they come out with their game that they say is fully done and it is fully not done and is a half of a game, a shell of a game, 
And then their plan is to just release more content later through digital downloads. Oh, yeah. yeah. Your oh. game should be finished by the release date. Or, you know, just don't give a hard release date if you're not sure. Right? Like, I've... It's... Oh, my God. The, com the companies that are like, hey, you know, this is releasing sometime 2023, but they're giving you constant updates about it. It's like, I trust that company more than this is going to be done, you know, April 17th. And then you don't hear anything until then. You're like, ah! Like, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I feel like so many game companies constantly fucking shoot themselves in the foot by setting a, a an unattainable date. Also, like it's never possible. But they're you gonna try their ass more the yeah. publisher, though. I will say because the publisher wants a hard. Oh date. right, it's kind of more the public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but it's... that's why certain publishers I look at and I think, well, who's doing this? Yeah, oh, it's them. It's like. But all their games are always released fucked up, and then it's like three patches in, it's playable. So I'll just it's wait. It's true yeah. of sometimes independent companies do do that though, like No Man's Sky. Did oh, absolutely. That. Yeah. They've since redeemed themselves, I think, because the game is crazy good now. Like they've added everything that they promised to add and then some. But mm -hmm. please don't don't give a release date until your game is like almost finished. And then whatever you think your release date should be, add like three months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three months to get, the, to get that day one patch out before release. <laughs> right. Like you, you're going to notice a lot of shit going on with your game right at the last second. So give yourself a lot of cushion time. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking as if I have any experience, but like from my outside view and my little knowledge of like making a game. And just making anything in general, actually, <laughs> you always give yourself a cushion just in case because I thought some yeah. shit goes wrong. Shit goes wrong a lot, especially the video game. I mean, that's why day one patches exist because once a game gets released to thousands or millions of people, you know, bugs are, are going to be found gonna, that you didn't oh, yeah. see no in development, what. which is totally fair. But you can't have bugs that were like noticeable in development and mm -hmm. you're just like, ah. We'll yeah. fix it. We'll fix it after release. And like game-breaking shit. Oh. Sorry, that was my phone. Oh shit, phone's ready. <laughs> my phone's ready. <laughs> my phone is very passionate about this topic. Yeah, they it's had like, to chime in too. My turn. Like, let me talk about mobile games. Like, oh god, silence it, silence <laughs> no, no, it, no, no. silence oh, it! No. <laughs> so, Dragon Veil. Oh god, no. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Uh. Yeah, I don't mean to be like a the gaming industry isn't what it used to be, but like it isn't. I think that's the whole topic. We had a good man back in the day. We had a good for games, and uh, nowadays it's there's a, a lot of AAA companies just want your money, and they will just milk popular <laughs> series. They will release unfinished games, and they will put paywalls and pay dlc and loot boxes and battle passes in every conceivable i was playing i shit you not homescapes yesterday homescapes the mobile game i played on stream i played the pc version it has a battle pass homescapes dude has a battle pass it's called a pirate pass but it's a battle pass that's so crazy. In my Candy Crush game? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I feel like there's more games now that have a battle pass than don't. 
I'm True. so I'm glad like didn't like Europe ban loot boxes or something like that. Uh yes. I EU. think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. Fuck loot boxes, dude. Right, unless they're free. Yeah, yeah free that's loot boxes thing, are great. That's one thing I miss about the old Overwatch is the fact that you'd be able to actually not spend like fucking twenty to forty dollars on a skin when you could just get it for maybe free from a loot box you got for free. It's yeah, also play the game because I mean we all know that CS:GO literally has a black market. Oh yeah, true. For things oh, yeah. that are and TF2 even too because oh, yeah. there's stuff that's so rare and so hard to get that you have to pay somebody like a thousand dollars for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the craziest. So I don't think I can compete like with that. that passion. I can try, because I'm fucking old, and I remember a time that you two will not. <laughs> oh, yes, the 90s. Who <laughs> out there remembers the good old Dreamcast? I know what it is. I know what it is. Now, it. This hurts. So, first <laughs> off, sorry I wasn't born earlier. <laughs> uh, it's okay. It's okay. Try to be better next time, but it's okay. Ah, uh, okay. Well, you're beginning born earlier. So, I'm gonna preface this first by saying my some of my favorite games are actually strategy games. I love strategy games. Hmm. I don't play them on stream because I made the decision of like, if I really enjoy doing this, I don't want to mix that with streaming because streaming kind of feels like work now. Yeah, I get that. Mm, and if fair. I mix it, then I won't get that same relaxing feeling playing it anymore. And yeah. so people like the backseat strategy yes, games too. A lot. And so my absolute favorite, I'm gonna say series, because this is like a hard one to pick. If I had to pick one, I'd pick the newest one, of course. But the Total War series, I have always loved the Total War series. It's just Here's a map of Europe, and you're going to start in this one settlement, and you're going to conquer everything. You're going to command 2,000 units individually. It's like, ah, this is peaceful. This is relaxing. Rome has fallen. I'm dead. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the Pope has been eaten. God damn it. But yeah, the new one that came out, Warhammer 3. The new ones have done a weird thing where they have a campaign, which is okay. But the whole point of these games are like literally set you up in a world and just kind of let you go build up armies and just see how good of a commander you are with those armies. Mm. Basically see how smart you can be versus these other factions with their units that counter yours. And they recently did their, it's called Immortal Empires where it's the biggest fucking map you could ever have with probably 300 individual factions that all have thousands of units. And I find that really fun and relaxing. Which I've realized I do this now as I'm older. Sorry if you know that dog in the background. He's chilling with me today. As When I got older, it's just, that's just a lot of fun. We don't, we have the most micro bullshit though with this. Because each faction that gets released also has paid DLC to unlock the other units of that faction. Oh my god. Oh. Like if I open up here, I know the biggest defender of this. If I just click DLC on this one. So the Warhammer series here for Total War. I want to play 
chaos, which is cool. You have two chaos units, basically, in the... No, wait, one, two, three. You basically have four. Well, if you want to unlock four more, that's fifteen ninety nine for just four other people to play as. The units are the same. You just have four other starting locations. Scroll down. Well, I want to play as ogres, $12 for two more people. Scroll down again. I want to play as this lizard man, $10. I want to play as the Norse up way in the north, $10. The new one coming out, which is Chaos Dwarves down in the south, $22 for three <sighs> units. What's this one? <gasps> the Ratman, $10. Blood for the Blood God, which is just, <sighs> it adds blood to the units if they get hit, $5. No. For blood? Yeah, so if your unit gets way. shot with an $5 arrow. $5 for gore. You yeah, pay for gore. You do. You pay for gore. This one, what? Wood Elves, which is three units. That's $18. And this one came out in 2016. It's still $20 for two units. Holy Oh, fuck. my God. Here we go. You want to play as a dragon unit here? Well, that's another $10. You want to play as a dark elf? Wow. That's $10. You want to play as the hunter hunting the lizards? That's ten dollars, dude. Holy! Almost as it's almost as bad as EA is with the Sims. Do you like this necromancer? Ten dollars. Do you like this? Holy fuck! The king and the warlord, which I think is like holy units. That's ten dollars. I'm not done yet. We can keep going all day oh on this my one. God. You want beastmen? That's twenty dollars. And this one came out in 2016. It's still twenty bucks. It has not dropped That's in price. Insane. That is just that is just the Warhammer games. There's more. Because that's Total War Warhammer. There's Total War Shogun 2, which I played, I think, a thousand hours of this one. There's Rome. There's Rome 2. It's like any Total War point in history, they just started doing fantasy. It's about $10 to $25 just to add a new unit to your game. You don't have to, but you'll never get to play as those units. And then when you get them... Most of the units are exactly the same, either just repainted or they have one stat boost. And then your legendary lord is just someone different, but they have all the same abilities as somebody else in the other faction. That's insane. Holy. So yeah, if you pay for that $60 game and you want all the other factions and all the other lords, you have to pay another, I think it was $150 to get all of them. <sighs> And if you have all those and you play with somebody who doesn't, they can't select them at all. You don't. It's not shared at all. I hate that. Oh I hate that, man. God. Like, let people share. Which is, yeah, if you're gonna... Oh. Which is sad because in Shogun 2, I had the DLC. And if I was playing with my friend who didn't, he had the DLC. So they stopped doing that. So that... Oh, that's painful. Because I, I remember that. I pre-ordered because I was like, I love it. I'm just going to get it anyway. And then when we were playing online, he's like, oh, hey, I've never had these before. I was like, oh, cool. You can use mine. And he was playing all these new units that he was having fun with. But whenever he wasn't playing with me, he could not access them at all. That's insane. So they took Dude. that away. That, I can't believe that. That's like such a nice quality of life thing. Like someone, someone's willing to spend money on this and you're going to let everyone else use it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And then they took it away. They did. But I'm going, I want to go back to that Dreamcast real quick. So I was like, let me say mine before mm -hmm. I tangent. Can I say... This is going to go more for Farah's uh, favorite here. Story-based games, like story-driven games. We had a fucking heyday with that, with the Dreamcast. And for any I just... Can I just say, mm -hmm. I just looked it up. 
for all the Sims 4 DLC, all the packs, all the stuff packs, all of the kits, all of the uh, expansions, it is currently, as of the time of filming, mm-hmm. $1,064.45 oh. American. Look, I don't like the Sims. All of it That's combined awful. is over a thousand dollars. Jesus! All right, Total War. You're not as bad as EA, yeah. but that's EA <laughs> and Step EA. Game. That is EA. It's true. EA has not been making good games for a while. They've just been trying to squeeze out any money they can. What do you mean you don't like it when they release the same NHL, NBA, <laughs> NFL? They just update and- the fucking <laughs> rosters. <laughs> Like, I remember playing Madden 98, and I was like, yeah, this is kind of fun, because I was playing it with friends, and we were just, like, competing against each other. That was the fun part. Not like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play this and just play online and be told I suck by a 12-year-old, because <laughs> da, da, da. it's yeah. like, I don't fucking care. It's part of the experience. I hate it. I, I don't even really care about sports games that much. No. No. No interest. The only sports game I have an interest in is Blood Bowl, which is fantasy football, literally, where you just like have an orc bring a chainsaw to the field. <laughs> Me enjoying Rocket League because there's flying cars. Yep, see? Make it fantasy. It's funner. Yeah. Make it crazy and unbelievable, and I'll play it. <laughs> Much better. But the real golden, I hear that crunching. The real golden age of no. like. <laughs> I hear them checking tendies. Bring me the tendies. <laughs> I hear the poutine. It calls to me. No, no, it's mine. <laughs> it's mine. Um, yeah, Dreamcast was definitely it. And the one game that I always point to as like the most perfect example. And this is both weirdly a very well-known series, but I don't ever meet a lot of people who've played it. The Legacy of Cain series, Soul Reaver, Blood Omen. I've heard of them, but you never played I ne- them. I never, I heard never of played them. them. <laughs> I, I have never had a bigger recommendation. If you love story-based games, mm. those are like. It's kind of weird how you have to play them though, because it's. It's like Blood Omen 1 was actually way, way old, like isometric RPG level old. So you kind of have to emulate some old school windows for that. But like the story set up there, and I love that one because it's basically a game where you're murdered and you come back as a vampire and you have to hunt down your murderer. And it gives you the option of, you know, the good ending or the bad ending. It's the only game series that's ever been like, you know what? Everyone picked the bad ending. We already know. And they went with the bad ending as the canon. Which everyone always picks the good ending is like, yeah, everyone's going to be good, right? Like, no. It's more fun to be bad when, like, your character has had just all this shit happen to him. Why would they just suddenly turn good right at the end? Right. Don't make sense. Of course, the bad ending. So the bad ending is like you sitting on like a crumbling throne, drinking blood as like you're darkening the sky. Dude, that sounds epic. Oh, it was (laughs) awesome. 
And then you do Soul Reaver, and you're like a different one, but you're serving under the character from the first one. And the narrator of the entire series is like the best voice for narration I've ever heard. It is. It was like ASMR before ASMR was even like a category of anything. It was just perfect. And they tell this huge grand tale that like stretches across technically four games. We don't count Blood Omen 2. But like Blood Omen, Soul Reaver, Soul Reaver 2, Legacy of Kane Defiance. Great. It let it like told this giant story. It's not it's like light combat, but it's more like puzzle. You solve the puzzle, you get another piece of the story. You get like this epic Ah, this like epic narrative I love like that. Yeah, there's like a boss fight, but the boss fight's not really that difficult. It's just like probably takes you five minutes to beat once you figure out, oh, you know, you just have to do this here and then you can go attack him. Literally, you just kind of going through and. It's such a grand narrative. And it's really cool because the main villain in that one isn't really. Like, oh yeah, your character from the first game, that's cool. He's now the bad guy. Now you're playing the second one. Well, your character from the first one just kind of went and ripped the bones out of your wings because he was jealous and burned you to death. Oh. That's not really even the bad guy still. Because he had reasons for doing all that. It makes it awesome because the actual villain in that is time. Because if you're immortal, what's like the biggest thing that you have left to conquer? But they do it so well because they, they can't ever like really break it. God, I fucking love this game. So you just play Legacy of Kane. <laughs> oh, that's my, my list. Like, Soul Reaver, it, it also has one of the coolest mechanics because you're, you start out as like a vampire, but then you get murdered and you get brought back as a wraith. So you don't drink blood, you kill enemies and eat their souls. And you can like let their soul go, but if you say impaled someone and you pull out the impalement they'll come back because their soul goes back into their body but you can hunt their soul down to like the spirit world and find it and consume it and that's basically your health oh but it's a cool mechanic because if you're in the real world everything's like normal but if you go spirit realm everything distorts and twists and makes new pathways for you to kind of navigate and figure out the puzzle from there and then you go back to the real world put like a block on a pedestal, distort it, and now you have a new platform. Oh my gosh. That's cool. It's fucking Legend of Zelda, a link between worlds or whatever. (laughs) Possibly, I've never played it. But that was like the golden age of storytelling, because that when that came out on Mm. Dreamcast, that was... I don't think I've ever... You know what? If you're out there and you're listening, just look up the Soul Reaver cutscene, the very first cutscene, the intro cutscene. It is the narrator has like the best voice. The animation, when you realize that shit came out in like the 90s or early 2000s, 2001, I think, 2000, maybe just 2000. The visual for that looks like it came out in like probably 2012. It is fucking beautiful. I'm always impressed with games that can look ahead of their time. So they're an older game, like a really quite a bit older game, but they look like not so much of an older game. They look a little bit more modern. 
Japan did a really good job at pre-rendered cutscenes before the West kind of caught up with it. So there's a lot yeah. of older Japanese games, like the uh, Final Fantasy games, that the game itself, like the gameplay, looks like it's time. But the rendered cutscenes are gorgeous. way nicer. Yeah, true. Uh-huh. 1999. Oh, yeah, so you're close. And this is still probably one of the most interesting, beautiful worlds, despite it being all crumbled and fucked up. And story-wise, I've never forgotten this story since I first, like, played this all the way back then. Because, I'm sorry, most video game villains right now are kind of shit. Like, Yeah. Like, hit, name any... From the last 10 years, the most memorable game villain you have since 20... I'll, no, 2015. What's the most memorable video game villain you have? Bro, you... I I have the memory of a fucking... <laughs> Everyone remembers their good video game because it's Voss from, like, Far Cry 3, but that game came out a while ago. And he wasn't even the main villain. You killed him, like, halfway through the game. Yeah. Sadler from RE4 remake? Not really. He was he was barely in the remake. Right? He's not even like your main villain anymore. He's not as big imposing threat. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't really remember any from the modern uh, days cuz yeah, they don't really they really don't stick with you. They don't. There's not a like this villain is like what was the big villain of Skyrim? Right. I haven't played it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alduin, giant time traveling dragon. You see him three times. You don't remember him. Uh what the especially for a dragon, only see him three times. Well, there's a lot of my other favorite, dragons, but that's like the main my one. My favorite villain <laughs> is a concept in the <laughs> This is so stupid. I love Persona, <laughs> but these games are so fucking corny. In Persona 5. <laughs> the well there's like specific people that are villains but the overarching theme is that oh, all these shitty adults are so mean to us Jesus yeah. Christ we're a bunch of angsty teenagers and we hate adults but then that's my point there Persona 5 came out in 2016 and that's like the villain concept that comes to your mind. There's to just... be fair. Okay. To be fair, you have the memory of a bat that <laughs> flew into a screen door. Any other game. Uh, <laughs> that's valid. That's so fucking fair. My point being, everyone has no most everyone has like the one villain that they enjoy in video games because it made an impact, right? Yeah. Like, I'm sure if you thought a little bit longer, you'd be like, this one villain actually kind of made a bigger impact than you thought. Oh. I love um, Odin from the new God of War games. There we go. I think he's a fucking awesome villain. Oh, I need to play the God of War games. Yeah, so good there. And that's like, honestly, that's almost Norse accurate Odin. So good on them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, same thing there. He's a great villain because he's like 
relatable. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because then it sticks with you, like you said. Especially when it's relatable, then you're you're thinking about it. You're comparing it to yourself. You're comparing it to like situations in real life. You're comparing it to blah 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 blah. And there's some relatability there that keeps it sticking in your mind and thinking about it. But there's the difference between a relatable villain and then like a grand villain. I think. For example, mm. um, a good grand villain, like Nemesis from Resident Evil Three. That's like an enemy that when you first when you first played Resident Evil 3 and Nemesis came on screen, Pyramid Head. That's like a grand villain. It's something you could not kill. You could not that stop that force of nature. Yeah, you just had to run and survive. It causes terror because it's like, how do you stop this thing? Even if it's yeah. like you kind of win that one or you escape, it's it's a looming threat that's always there. Yeah, because they always make sure to remind you, especially when I played Silent Hill, you would see him creeping around. Yes. Or hear him creeping around. And so you just know. We don't have that anymore. And that kind of makes me sad because every time I sit back and think of like, I love story-based games when it has this in it. I don't care for story-based games and there's like nothing for me to kind of rally behind or against. Which is why Legacy of Kane, hey. It's, hey. it's it's got technically two villains in it one is a much more obvious threat but the other one it's weird how it's set up because it's not directly saying time is the villain but you do a little bit of like time travel but every time you do it you end up making things a little bit worse and it's kind of like a punishment for what you're doing and they tell you that time is like a river throw a stone into it, and the water flows around it unbothered. And that sticks with you, because you're like, well, fuck. You're gonna finish this game probably making shit worse. Because the stones you're throwing are people. What I'm saying here is villains need to be better in video games. Yeah. Even if it's just a concept. Make the concept terrifying. Because you're playing an immortal character who, like, can leap through time and do all this insane, like, dream world shit. What is really terrifying? Right? Yeah, even, I fully agree. Even in, like, Resident Evil 4 remake, nothing was really super terrifying in it because fucking Leon is a Wolverine-level action hero. A hunk. Who can get his kidneys stabbed 15 times, eat a plant, and he's be like, huh, we're good. And keep going. <laughs> Eats a weed. Yeah, he's out there like eating the dandelions and getting stronger. <laughs> no one's stopping him. But yeah, with that, nothing's like a terrifying concept anymore when you're in game, except for like the shit you're doing is making things worse. Yeah. I also like, I wish more games did this because I love when games, like, you're fighting some kind of force. A, like uh, a person or a group of people and you're fighting against them and like by the end of the game you kind of realize that like I think the uh, Last of Us 2 did this really well where your enemy isn't really like you feel bad you're hurting somebody for something maybe that isn't a very good reason or maybe the reason why they're hurting you is a good reason and it's like it makes you very conflicted and it makes you feel like shit at the end. <laughs> I Some people hate that. 
did not feel like shit at the end. Some people hate that. I Last of Us 2 is the only example I could think of, but I know there's other games that do that. Uh, I like when games are more give you more like moral dilemmas. And I hate when games are more just like I mean it's easy and there's still good games that are very black and white, like you are a good guy, they are a bad guy. There's still good games like that. But I like it when the lines are blurred a little bit. And you kind of think like Am I fighting for the right uh, thing? Like uh, Spec Ops. Yeah. Because that's the game everyone's going to point to for that very blurred line. Are, are, you, familiar, are you familiar with Spec Ops? <sighs> I don't think so. <laughs> no. no. Well, it's a very good like third-person shooter, but it's like set in the Middle East. And basically, your guy's like a little crazy because of war. And there's this really right. horrific segment where you're like pinned down. And you have to use white phosphorus. Which is an awful thing. If you don't know what white phosphorus is, it's basically kind of like a powdery bomb that goes inside and burns your lungs and then explodes you. <laughs> so it Sorry, like... Hiccup. It happens. But it cooks you from the inside from your lungs out. And just scorches you. And it gives you like an aerial like black and white view. And you're just bombing these like groups of people with white phosphorus. But then when you're walking through, they were civilians. Uh, And so you have to uh, walk through the charred remains of like women holding their children. That were obviously like trying to hide them and crying. And the children are all like clutching their chest, burned, half unrecognizable. That, um, oh. Modern Warfare 2 does that too with the uh, the scene where you're playing the terrorist while well, you're pretending to be a terrorist and you shoot up a bunch of innocent civilians in a... The airport? In the airport, yeah. Oh, and then there was the other... I don't know if it was a Modern Warfare game. It was another game where like you're going into a building to clear it out and like there's some terrorists like with guns, but then you like round the corner and it's a woman trying to get her baby out of a crib. So if you shoot, you just shoot the baby out of her arms. Oh, oops. Yeah. Things oops. like that. They kind of like try to blur the line. Yeah. But yeah. If you haven't played spec apps, it's a game that makes you, it, it's really, really, really good. Like single player shooter game. It's going to make you feel like a massive piece of shit when you're done. Right. Because you have to do... It's like, what if you had to do all the horrible things that, like, a soldier in war would have to do? But you don't see them as horrible at first, is the problem, because you don't know. It's white phosphorus. You're going to die if you don't use it. You're just cooking their lungs from the inside, so every breath just makes the fire burn hotter. It's a fucking awful way to go. It's actually a war crime, I think. I wouldn't doubt that. I wouldn't doubt that at all, because that sounds, yeah, like the worst way, one of the worst ways to go. Slow. That's not even slowly. It's actually rapidly, and you feel, ev- evidently, you're supposed to feel everything on the way out. Oh. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. So there are games out there that really blur the line, and they make you feel like the real villain at the end. Like, you yeah. don't have to do any of that. I 
I like games like that, though. What's the point of games? There's something that you wouldn't do in the real world, usually. Not all the time, but it lets you do stuff that you wouldn't. Well, I'm not I'm promoting, not promoting being a terrorist, but yeah, no, 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 in a game. <laughs> no, 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 I think you are. You want I, was, I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, morally gray games and stuff like that, or any game that has like a morality question that really puts you in the position of like, oh shit, am I the bad person? Is <laughs> always great. It has to do it it's right a little though. Bit of, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, Atomic Heart. Atomic Heart did that a little bit. Sorry, also, yeah. Because, like, in games like Infamous, where it had, like, that system where if you were good or evil dictated, like, what powers you got. <gasps> oh, yeah! I love Infamous. Such a good game. But it didn't do a good job at, like, your evil choices weren't really, like, they didn't really make you the villain as much because there was no consequence to your actions. Also, yeah. some of the choices, they'll be like, ah, oh, do this, uh, and, like, <laughs> some of them, okay, there was, like, there was, like, two, I had two gripes with some of the choices. One of them would be, like, the choice would be, like, save this innocent baby or commit a war crime. And then other choices would be, like, uh, no matter which one you pick, you still are gonna lose. Some, like, you still mm -hmm. are losing. And it's like, well, what the fuck is the point, then? Oh, Bioshock, the very first Bioshock did it, I think, really well with the little sisters. Yes! yes. Uh-huh. Like, you could harvest them and kill this little girl to get more power. Or you can save her and get less. And then it, like, dictated what ending you got. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think they did it pretty well. They definitely did. I love Bioshock. Bioshock was real good. Mm-hmm. I've also now realized something at the end. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how to pick a winner for this one because this isn't really a winnable <laughs> episode. I was, I was like, wondering how you're gonna judge. Hmm. I was like, I was thinking hmm. about it. Hmm. Um, I've made a whoopsies. I've made an oopsie doopsies. This is why I come up with a <laughs> scoring <episode>. system. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to try doing like a discussion topic, like a typical podcast. This is we talk what happens about when you like, step Ew. outside of the box. <laughs> now I can't pick. Of course you can. Arbitrarily. I can. That's right. Because it closed my eyes to pick one person. <laughs> yep. Oh, what if we did a coin flip? Coin flip? All right. Sure. That works. Hold on. I'll get a coin flip up. Okay. Heads. Tails. All right. Ready? I'm going to flip. Heads. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Fair one. Oh my god. Fair oh my one. god, I did it. I won. I'm the bestest ever. <laughs> yeah, I realized that like literally right now as we're talking, I was like, I've been listening the whole time to everything everyone's been saying, and I'm like, wait, how am I supposed to pick a winner on this though? <laughs> we're, just, we're just talking. Oops, <laughs> Oops big do oof moment. It's fine. You can always so, pick arbitrarily. It's true. It's very true. Because I like these discussion topics, too, because then it's like, I don't know. It's not so much of like trying to have a crazy, not trying to have a crazy story, but having a crazy story or anything like that. It's just my favorite thing about listening on 
podcast ramblings ramblings and opinions on things and we're all gamers so i thought gaming would be a good question especially with all the new games coming out this year that are looking good but i'm very nervous about when they release <laughs> i was yeah. so nervous about re4 right i was like please don't fuck it up please they are they i did i wasn't a big fan of the re3 remake no one really and, was actually when yeah you look back at it. and i was like oh, please because <laughs> that's like this right. most everyone's favorite re game well, it's also because 4 was the one that actually went and changed the formula. It turned the game into an action, the series into an action series instead yeah. of a survival horror. Yeah. It made you feel more powerful because if you played the original 1 and then 2 and then 3, you were always like, you were always fighting literally for everything. And then 4 comes along and Leon can just roundhouse kick someone in the face and take out 8 people. <laughs> yeah! yeah oh my god the kicks are so satisfying i love it go leaping out of a window grab a shotgun and blast somebody in half you're like man i feel good now like <laughs> it yeah. feels good not to have to struggle at the moment it's true but then the boss fights make you struggle a little bit and you're like oh here it is but then the regular enemies are just like ha, 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 fodder easy work yeah exactly that's why they yeah. throw so many of them at you at the same time. Yeah, but it also makes you feel good. It's like, I just killed like 70 dudes back there with 20 bullets and like yeah. 40 kicks. Swipe out a huge wave of them. Yep. That's why it's yeah, everyone's favorite. Mm -hmm. I can see why. I've been having a really good time. I need to play the OG one, but also I don't know if I want to because Ashley, oh my God, I wish mm. that bit's the worst. Leon! Uh, Leon, help! She's much she's worse in this game. Yep. She is but so much worse than the original. still hate her. <laughs> so I'm sure she's a lovely lady and she's so nice, but I want her to burn. <laughs> I've, like, shot her in the head myself sometimes because I get so frustrated. Oh, my God. Can I say? <clears throat> Holy fuck. So I beat the remake, and I was replaying it off stream just to... Because you unlock, you know, and another mode once you beat it where you can start unlocking all the other stuff in game. There's a lot of yes. hidden bonus stuff. I won't yeah. spoil it, but you, know, you can see it in the menu anyway. But yeah, so I was doing that. In the other mode, it doesn't auto save. You have to alt manually save. And if you want like a perfect rating, you basically, you can't get it in that mode. But if you want a high rating, you can only save six times total to like oh unlock everything. God. And I was just before the Del Lago Lake Monster, which, fuck that thing. Yep. And I got all the way to saving Ashley, no save. I'm like, I'm doing really good. I'll just save after I do this part here. So I'm getting to the Ashley part. <sighs> she starts getting abducted. I have the fully upgraded Punisher pistol because it's great to shoot through five enemies at once. I shot once. Yeah. It hit her and killed her. And I like, <laughs> went all no! the way back, like four hours back. And I sat there. I hit Alt F4. I slid out of my chair. I curled up on the ground. I hit the power button on the computer. Sounds about right. I would have done the same. Uh, yeah, I would have been. I oh, her getting abducted. She's so useless. I just wish they gave her some sort of something to fight back with. She I know actually, she does. Dude, she's uh, better in the remake. Than uh -huh. Does she get better eventually? Because at the point I'm at, I'm ready to blow her head off. Okay, if you, do you want a little quote spoiler? Even though you can see it in the menu, and you're not going to get out in your first playthrough. You have, yeah. to, you have to redo it a couple times. You can get her a suit of armor that makes her too heavy to be oh, stolen. Oh, that was.
was the thing in the original, right? Yep, that was the alternate yeah. costume after you won. Well, she right. couldn't get okay. carried away anymore. I loved it in the original because it also protected her. So if you like started aiming, like the little flap would close <laughs> and you could just start shooting and it wouldn't hit her because it would just bounce off no matter what you were shooting. I just love yeah. it'd be open and the second you aim, just clink. <laughs> she knows. She's like, oh, he's going to shoot me again. Yep. And she was totally bulletproof. So you could just like get a machine gun so and start going. So much better. Yeah, you can just unlock damn. that. But not on your first Instead playthrough. Of running from enemies, she just ducks down. Bitch, run! Mm. Oh my god! This is why you Ugh. keep getting kidnapped, <laughs> right? Like, come on! No survival instincts. I know it's like 2002, but holy fuck! Use your legs, sprint. Right, a little bit, something. Wait, flip phone. I know it's 2005. Fucking sprint. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she had her little her uh, sorority phone. Yep. Alpha gamma. Whatever something yeah. yeah yeah whatever it was whatever it was sigma male <laughs> sigma <Right>. male actually <laughs> well thank you so much for Fuck, joining i have to think of something week. oh yeah you want your your winner speech for the discussion <laughs> uh i want fair and square uh the better speech uh it wasn't a coin flip uh that was actually fake uh, yeah no, that was for the bit uh, uh, that was for the bit i'm the best <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea what my topic is going to be next week, so mm -hmm. <laughs> figure it right. out. Hell yeah! And Westy. Well, at least I'm funny. Uh, <laughs> everyone go. Uh, not funny enough to win. Uh, mm, damn. Damn. That burner's hot. Uh, everyone go play the Soul Reaver game. It's got a lot of growing pain there's a lot of quality of life that isn't there but at the very 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 least go watch that very intro cutscene just soul reaver intro the one from 1998 you can't say that does not look good and you cannot say that narrator does not like make your ears tingle in the most pleasant way with that voice mm -hmm. i want i want him to narrate every audiobook ever and i would listen to them it is wonderful. It's actually, I think it's actually weirdly the same guy who like voiced some of the kids on Rugrats. What? <laughs> what? But like when he's doing this one, it's very like medieval dark tone. Right. And it's just like, holy, I think he was Chucky on Rugrats. No, no way. way. I really no think. Way. I really think he was Chucky in Rugrats. I have to look it up, but if you... Uh... Hey. I need to know. I can do it real quick. Uh, that is... Oh, neighbors, neighbors dogs are barking. It's a woman, so I don't think... Well, hang on. Michael Bell. He voiced someone. Oh, Ratchet and Clank, too. Oh shit. Hang on, where is Here's the Storm, he was Medivh. Star Wars Rebels, Voltron. It does say Duck the Tales. Rugrats movies, but who did he voice though? Mike Bell. Mike Bell actor. We're gonna figure this out real quick. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. I'm Television. Curious. I know. Monkeys get smart mission impossible. Manix. Where is 
Apparently he is Grandpa Boris. Is he Grandpa? Pickles. He's Grandpa! <gasps> He's Grandpa? Yeah. I love that. Oh my god, that's who he is. Okay. <laughs> Damn, he's in Charlie's Angels too. He's Chaz Finster. Wow. Chaz. And Drew Pickles. Okay, so he's Chaz. That's what I thought it was Chucky. It's Chaz. This is his dad. But yeah, it's that voice, but in like a way you've never heard before, and you'll probably never hear again. That's I, wild. I don't think he's still that's range. Because he's 84 now. Yeah, he was. G.I. Joe yeah, Transformers. Anyway, yeah. Wow. Yeah. What an impressive resume. Go look up Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver intro. <laughs> Tell me that is not the absolute best fucking voice, the best fucking intro you have ever seen. Your curiosity will be peaked. That's all I got. Mm. Nice. Do it. You have to. That's the law. Yep. It I have is. it loaded up. I'm if, gonna listen right after. Yep. If Same you if now. you listen to this episode, you now have to. Required by rules. Yep. Sorry. Don't make them. Just follow them. Exactly. <laughs> I just follow them and make them up. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening this week. I'm Arva. Arva on Twitch. Arva underscore sixty nine on Twitter. Joined by Westy, Westy HCC on Twitch and Twitter. Yeah. Fair of the Bat on Twitch um, and Fair Silvertail on Twitter. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week when Fair hosts. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.